0: So we just saw three deer in the backyard, <laughs> and Tori was yeah. wishing she had her gun with her. <laughs> <laughs> her,
1: Not her glasses mouth. and her gun.
0: Right. So we are here with uh, Zach McLean and Tori Cameron, and we just ate some tacos, saw the deer, and what is going on, guys? The summer's coming to an end.
2: Dog days of summer, yeah.
3: September 1st.
2: That's right. I mean, summer's over Sum- summer's when, when September hits for me. Yeah. I know it's not technically, but I'm like, prepare to say goodbye.
1: Do you feel the kind of New Year's shift in September or just end of summer?
3: I went out today and I don't know if, if it was my imagination, but I was like, the air smells oh, like yeah. fall. Right. It's just like, does it?
1: Or is it just I September feel that 1st? shift for
2: sure. Yeah, and you can, sort. Of, we were saying earlier, you can feel that the sun's like a different angle. <laughs> and like parts of our apartment have more shade th- this time of year than like the beginning. And it's just like you get the sense that it's all, death is in the air. <laughs> <laughs> death or maybe hope.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: it all comes back around. I, you know? I've always associated
0: September as a time of beginnings. Is it because
3: you're going back to school?
0: Yeah, cause yeah, so for whatever, 13 years of my life September was a big change and right. like, oh wow. got, got to take my annual trip to Sydney to right. get, get, <laughs> get some new backpack. school supplies right. some new shampoo and deodorant
1: was that the same for all of you because there's three Cape Bretoners yeah, that I'm sitting that across from now oh, so yeah. was Sydney the big or only place for back to school shopping I think so yeah, I mean I, think
2: so. Um, I remember one year my mom went to Halifax uh, she went to Halifax shopping center to get some stuff i mean that was the grade excuse. 12 year
1: had to have been mm-hmm. right yeah i needed
2: those sneakers you could only get in the big you must, smoke
0: you must have felt pretty important
2: right <laughs> <laughs> yeah well my my mother loves me and she yeah. uh, i'll and, drive three and, uh, and a half right. hours for my son <laughs>
3: right, yeah
2: well it's longer for us yeah. so city minds it's even further
3: it's crazy when you think that summer vacations were only two months but after those 2 months it's like i need new everything yeah. i need a new backpack right. i need a new lunch can <laughs> yeah, i need new happened? clothes it's like it was like a couple weeks ago <laughs>
0: yeah. like, right. it, it felt like i remember summers back then felt like 2 years long <laughs> like yeah. there's so much i needed oh, yeah. you cram like, so much
2: in yeah, yeah.
0: when you're especially when you're like Under, around 13, before you have a job. Yeah. Right. You have no concept of time. 100% free time to do whatever you want. Yeah.
1: But how was, because this was the first summer kind of back performing since COVID, was it not?
2: Hell yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: So you had a a busy summer because of that?
2: Still, yeah. Yeah. I'm still feeling like the aftermath of pandemic. Uh, With all the projects, I think we both plan, it's just like as soon as it was... As, soon as the doors opened, it was like I was booked up until the new year, really nice, not completely, but like, um, you know, it was just like, let's like, this is what we've been waiting for, let's go for it, you know. So, so you felt
1: yeah. ready for it, did you? Because I know a lot of people talk about the a couple of years of the pandemic, at least at periods of it, was a positive thing especially in the creative world where you're kind of constantly producing or feeling like you should be producing. It was this welcomed break. So did mm-hmm. you like, do you guys feel like you're excited to be back? Does it feel overwhelming to go just full throttle into this kind of where we left off a couple of years ago?
2: I don't think, I mean, we actually went through a crazy change. Mm-hmm. Tori and I, <clears throat> Yeah. where we didn't go back to like where we were. Mm. So we started something completely new. Um, we gave up uh, alcohol, and um, new during jobs during, during COVID New too, jobs. right? Yeah, yeah, it was at the very beginning, it just um, seemed like the right thing to do, and then like, <clears throat> yeah, we just put all that uh, on hold as well with everything else that was put on hold, and we, we went right to zero. And then we started to sort of, I don't know, build a different self. Like mm-hmm. that seems very deep to say, but like I don't what? know. I feel like I didn't go back. You're to on the Mike I and Kristen
1: was. show.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but like, yeah, that uh, that's kind of hey. how I look at it. Yeah. yeah, new jobs too. Yeah, like but we have like outside of music and stuff. We ha- we have day jobs, right. and it's you know combination of the two making ends meet. Yeah, and we completely changed the day job thing
3: yeah complete shift i felt like it's not too often where you get handed and at the time we didn't know how much time it was going to be but sort of like you get a chance to reset if you want to and it's just mm-hmm. like so all your gigs are canceled and uh i was at my the job i was at at the time and it's just like there's not really that much happening and especially with like drinking and whatnot, I had already wanted to stop. It was in my, I it was something I wanted to do. Uh, but it's just like, it sounds weird, just like, when do you have the time? It's just like, it's so in, weaved throughout my life. And then that life stopped. And it's just like, well, now here you have months turned into years to yeah start something new so it's like I was given a chance to change and then with the jobs it's like I was here's another opportunity to change like do you want to take it do you want to leave it Mm -hmm. and I think you changed jobs first yeah and that kind of gave me a little bit of a kick in the butt to be like well what do I want to do too Mm -hmm. seeing him him switch up (laughs) you switched up something that you were doing for so long though
2: yeah I yeah I had a job I think it was like 11 years and um Yeah, it just, it's like, I actually find it tough to go into a change like that on my own accord. The pandemic sort of made it happen. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, okay, I just have to like button up this decision. It's sort of being made for me. Like I have to step away and uh, change, make a change here, which is a good thing. I should be, I think everyone should be more familiar with big changes and, um, you know, know whether or not they're okay to do. And that's something I kind of struggled with. But yeah, that's what the pandemic was to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure I'm, you know, not alone. Um, Big changes are okay.
1: Why, Why then and why drinking specifically or a shift in identity? Was it sort of just, you know, I'm kind of bored of this or tired of this? Was there something that happened in particular that made you want to make this type of change? I mean, I kind of...
2: I mean, we're probably both have different answers for this.
3: Sure. Yeah. I just, I know like it's, and it's commonplace once you talk to a bunch of people and especially musicians. But it was like when the pandemic started, it's like, what else did you have to do? You sat in your apartment and you got a six pack and you drank and you watched TV and that's yeah. what you did. And that that mm-hmm. lasted till 10 like, a.m. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you, it's, it was just one of those things where it's like there's two paths and I can easily follow that one and it's just like but i just i i was like maybe now's the time to not not do it and Mm -hmm. it's just like i kind of felt like i wasn't really going anywhere not that i wasn't going anywhere but it was just uh the same my days were the same my years were the same when the pandemic started i would have been 25 26 anyway and it was just like i lived in the same apartment for many years I felt like I was kind of living as a student, even though I was like reaching a point where I very much was not a student anymore. And it was just like, you got to make a change. Um, yeah. I think
2: that it was the gigs being taken away too yeah. is a big thing. Cause it's like, <clears throat> um, you associate so many people associate playing music with alcohol. I mean, it yeah. pretty much happens in nightlife yes. in, in licensed places in uh and they are you know as those two are as thick as thieves so to remove one and to still sort of have access to the other it was just like a recipe for a disaster so i mean like yo if that was taken away if the gigs are taken away and the whole social aspect of it is taken away then maybe that should also kind of go away or what what um what does my life look like when that's gone too right and i i kind of just wanted to Like I said, go right to zero. And it's like, yeah, there's no, no gigs. So there's no, drinking should be celebratory and not part of this habit. You know, I mean, I'm, this is, I don't mean I'm speaking for myself, for me, I wanted to be celebratory and have reasons to do (coughs) it. And now it's like those reasons were taken away. Mm -hmm. And even when I did have reasons, I had too many reasons. We were busy musicians. Mm. We were just drinking all the time and yeah so with that gone and you're now you just have this like routine without the reason and i was like this doesn't this doesn't make sense Uh, there's something missing (laughs) and what's the gigs (laughs) so yeah to go right to zero and not uh not drink i mean kind of lived in that was vibe for a while and it was just like hey this is this is nice i'm a I'm available for myself every day. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm around like I'm not I don't have a day where I have to recover from whatever the hell I did the night before. Mm-hmm. And I just I wake up feeling the same. And I'm like, there, there's benefits to this. Yeah. I can I make use of this.
3: Mm-hmm. I also feel like not everybody has the luxury of uh, quitting when there's no option to do something. Does that make sense? So it's just like we quit and we couldn't go out. It wasn't that tempting. There was no shows. You're there right. was no friends. Yeah. I couldn't hang out with anybody. Yeah. And it was uh no, that was helpful actually. There's no FOMO. There's mm-hmm. no pressure <laughs> anymore because you're always by yourself.
0: Right. And now that gigs are back, mm-hmm. you're you're still doing the the same yeah. same thing. And I know as a musician myself, and as you just said, Zach, how they go hand in hand. Mm. I remember on a tour in Finland, me and Bruce were traveling around and they were just feeding us so much liquor at every show and it's way more than we could actually consume. And we were just up late, traveling on train, walking everywhere because we couldn't afford cabs. (laughs) And I remember it was like day 10 and and we showed up at a bar we were playing and uh, we sat down and uh, the bartender came over and we said, buddy, just, just water, man. We're we, yeah. we need some liquid <laughs> and he just smiled and laughed. And he slid as the two biggest beer I've ever seen yeah. in my whole life, right? And like that is just, yeah. and everyone's like, Oh, yeah, you got a, right. a shit face, you know? Right. Like it's, and I, I never, I was never, maybe a couple times in my life in a dozen years of being a professional musician was actually drunk on stage. Oh, like I,
3: I don't think I've <clears throat> ever really seen you drunk, like, <laughs> like, to the extent that. Myself. Yeah.
1: Well, me, yeah, his true. wife has only seen him drunk a handful of times. Really, yeah. both of us. That's so our... funny.
3: I've got drunk quite a
0: few times. I've heard stories. Yeah, you made up for it in your twenties.
1: I think yeah, yeah. Like, you're good.
0: But but I'm just saying, like, as someone who plays music, and like I, I after a show, like having a drink or two is like for me. I, I love doing that. But mm-hmm. be and but a lot of the times, like people are. And I'm an adult, I should be able to say no and not give any yeah. air pressure. But, <laughs> like, when this big Finnish man slid as a beer, like, <laughs> of course I drank hey, it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, so, I guess all that to say, like, how are you finding this now that the pandem- pandemic is, let's say, over, even though it's we're still in the right. thick of it? But uh, life is generally a little bit back to normal, playing gigs, people are around.
2: I, I mean, I think that the music industry is made up of some people that are that are very supportive of someone that makes a decision like the one.
4: Yeah, yeah.
2: Everyone that I play with, um, there's never any peer pressure, and like any kind of conversation that would be like making fun of me not drinking is uh, it's jokes and it's great, and like mm-hmm. I, I'm n- I've never been offended by someone that's just like, what are you not drinking for? What are you talking about? That's just like, it doesn't really exist in my friend group, in my, yeah. in my musician group. Like everyone, a lot of people I play with have actually had some run-ins with, with drugs and alcohol and they they understand it from a whole different side and it's just yeah. like, they don't even question that, I, you know, I've made a decision for myself and, and, and it's they, like, oh yeah, and it's, it's nothing but like, rah, 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 yeah. support and just... Yeah. And how stupid
0: are people who, when you say you don't want to drink or you're not drinking, like for them to question that? Right. How ridiculous is Mm -hmm. that? It's so silly. Yeah. Like, whatever, you sprain your ankle and you say you don't want to walk. Like, (laughs) what's wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's
2: like, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I haven't really experienced too much of that. Just nothing Mm -hmm. but support. And I guess the twist to the story is that. What we decided to do when we stopped drinking was just work in bars. That's yeah, uh, that's yeah, <laughs> we both got jobs at, at breweries, yeah. And so, which kind of helped because you like, you know, for someone that doesn't do that and they decide to quit drinking, they may miss the social aspect of hanging out with their friends around a bar and, like, you know, and I still had that because yeah. I was just the bartender and, uh, yeah, still some. Still see my friends, you know, at the establishments, and they just will come hang out when I'm working. Or, you know, just even even strangers and stuff, just to interact with people. It's like I didn't become a recluse. And, and, you know, there's still. There's still moments where it's like you kind of question like, yeah, if I was drinking like this was the this would be the gig that I would drink Mm -hmm. at because it's like you're in the middle of nowhere. It's everyone's having a blast and it's like you feel like you kind of have to leave. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this it would be a lot of fun if I were drinking and uh, never, never tempted enough to actually drink again. But like, yeah, yeah, they've those gigs have happened too.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's like an, an aspect of it where it's like it can kind of be lonely at times yeah. but i'm okay with that because huh. i tend to be uh, a, a more of a introverted person um, and i feel like that um not, loneliness is not the right word but feeling like uh, withdrawing from those situations aligns with who i am as a person more than taking part and and getting drunk ever did and it's just like, I kind of thought it that was who I was. And it's just like, I, it was who I was for a little bit and it was fine. But uh, the older I get now, it's like, it's, I, it feels more uh, honest when it's just like, I just don't want to be here anymore. It's just like, you're with all your friends and then they sort of surpass you and you they're at level 10 and you're left at level four and you're yeah. like okay it's time right i had my two hours of chat and now you guys just don't they're doing your thing and that's cool but uh get yeah
0: into the, then they get into the bad decision right. mode right. You, know? like, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. you, you get to bypass <laughs> right. that right, right. <laughs> it's it's such a great self-awareness though it takes a lot of courage to make any kind of big change in your life much less all of these changes and both of you at once and being musicians, it is culturally embedded. There's some assumption around this is what mm-hmm. any artist likes to do with yeah. their time and it's yeah, you're kind of it's built sitting into on the, the periphery if you're not exactly. Yeah. Right. Like you have documentation in a contract right, yeah. that promises you that you'll have right. the six pack or it's whatever is like the first, it is first item like, on the list, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's <sighs> I don't know. It's really just it's nice to hear kind of the background perspective as to the why, because I think it can be meaningful for other people to hear that story and feel comfortable to do that themselves. Mm-hmm. We were at the Matt Mays show at the Shore Club last week and we Mike and I weren't drinking that night either. And I can totally and this is just, you know, a couple of weeks that we hadn't had a drink. Right. But I can totally relate to the feeling of just feeling a little Excluded,
3: casted, yeah,
1: and it's nobody's fault, right? No, God, no. It's Mm -hmm. not that it's a overtly way of making you feel that way. You're just aware that you're not participating in the same way as a lot of your peers are
3: going to the same place that everyone else is. It's just like I'm, I'm gonna be asleep in an hour, but it's just like your guys' night just started. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, you're not outcasted at all by your your friends. But like you're out, you're kind of, your brain is outcasting you, I guess. I don't know. I
0: felt at that show, I felt like I was just standing there and I felt like I need something in my hand. (laughs) Right. So I was just drinking water the whole night. like, there's a glass of water in my hand at the Shore Club. (laughs) Loser. (laughs) Yeah. I'm "I'm a pansy. Uh, But I just felt, I felt honestly, and this is 100% myself, but I felt more comfortable just holding a drink in my hand. Yeah. And like that's not a good thing, right? Like, but it just like
3: I like, okay, <laughs> no, no, like no one's judging me, like. right? <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you too play <laughs> music with a lot of different people. Would Try you? to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you play with me in the town yeah. heroes, and would you consider yourselves sessional musicians? Is that kind of how you market yourselves?
1: I mean
2: that. Fit for
0: sure. Yeah,
1: I think so. Yeah.
2: Freelance. I mean,
1: can you explain what that is? I mean, I kind of know, but there might be listeners that's like, what is a sessional musician? How is that oh. different?
2: Um. So, <clears throat> I guess what the kind of work that I get most is the request to play a gig, and I have no idea what the music is. And I, it's like you you're. I'm a quick study, so I can learn twenty songs. Um quickly. So I oh I can you fill in for this person? Or I'm actually Sunday I'm playing for uh Bob Schneider who's from Austin for the Huff Festival. Uh, and so I'll just get uh the request to can you play, can you back this person up? Here's here's 20 songs and I'll you know, I'll learn my parts and hop in and it's like a one off gig that you put a lot of work into. Yeah. And that's what I get. Uh, the most I would say.
1: So they're sending you demos, and you're at home, like we used to do in the yeah. '90s, and practicing their Pearl Jam Absolutely. songs. Absolutely, yeah, hell okay. yeah, okay. And I cool. just,
2: yeah, and I would shed it out. I have my own little station where I just learn songs mm-hmm. and learn a bunch of songs. Um. Uh, and like, yeah, I guess <clears throat> I've done a bit of that for like recording, and I will record myself and send it to. To someone and and it gets put on that stuff i've done traveling and when went to the studio and done session work that way mm-hmm. um but yeah i guess like the crux of what i would do is it was just like so and so needs a guitar player can you learn the material
1: mm-hmm. and it's like yeah in one day and, right <laughs> i mean
2: sometimes it's a short amount of time yeah and and for the most part it does turn into more more shows mm-hmm. i mean even playing with the town heroes it yeah, sort we, of initially we started asked
0: you to come to germany right on a tour with us
1: was that your first gig yeah it was yeah. Your first gig yeah. Yeah. was at uh
0: in the reaper bond yeah. festival in yeah. hamburg which is the craziest place on earth <laughs> and at uh like canada house like a bunch right. of right. industry people there yeah, yeah. we never uh, yeah, first note we played on stage. We had rehearsals, <laughs> obviously. to Germany, yeah. But, uh, wow. Yeah. And Tori, you would kind of consider yourself the same.
3: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Same thing. Here's a bunch of songs, learn them. Uh, a little different yeah.
2: for like, you. Like, sing more right. than I do.
3: Yeah. I've been trying to, like, open up. I mean, I love playing the bass, but it's like just offering more. And it's just like, you can hire me to sing too, if you want. Yeah, So I've been uh-huh. getting a little bit more of those lately, which is nice.
2: Would you consider yourself a singer more than a bass player? Mm. Good question.
1: Um, I would. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Do you enjoy it more? Like what makes you answer in that way?
3: I think it's because I've been a singer longer. So like I've been singing since I was a kid, kid. Mm. Okay. Like, because your voice is in you, but it's just like, I picked up
1: the bass. So what did that look like? Tell us about kind of your childhood journey into musicianship and this being a full-time career for you. Like that's especially, like we've talked about us even being from small towns yeah, and all the more so how this type of life is not really talked about Mm -hmm. or available to you. So what did that look like for you growing up in Mm. small town Cape Breton? Yeah,
3: well, I was like a singer. My parents were musical. My sister's also musical. So I was a singer. I took like piano lessons, never, never really stuck. Uh, But then it was when I I joined Pink Thunder uh, with my sister and Olivia Laca.
2: Did you have to audition for that?
3: No, I didn't. I love that that's (laughs) your first band name. That was my first band name. I was also supposed to be the drummer. (laughs) um oh, no, So, wait. I was the drummer for like one or two rehearsals. <laughs> Keep oh, in mind, God. I was like 12 years old. So, it's like, hey, um, better than me. And, and Barbara was the bass player, and Olivia was the guitar player. Anyway, we shuffled around because <laughs> oh, they're like, you take the bass. Because I think he was like, because it's easier. <laughs> <I'm> like, oh. <laughs> but I was just starting. And then, yeah, I, I did that for years. And I remember being like, what grade would it have been? Maybe nine? I remember once somebody was asking us to like make a like make a list of all the things you are, and, and I was like, "Oh, okay. they're like, so you you're a sister, you're a daughter, you're a student," and then my teacher was like, "And you're a musician," and I was like, "That is not true. I'm <laughs> not a musician. I'm so bad at all this. And I only really got to being comfortable calling myself a musician at like 23." 24.
1: Wow. And yeah, last year, felt you like won was... musician of the year. Right. Yeah. So I did. That must have felt pretty validated. Yeah.
3: Sometimes I look at it and I'm like, still not true. Right, right. Right, right, right. So
1: cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember, I think it was a few years ago at Nova Scotia Music Week, you had like your your ID pass, they list all the bands that you're playing yeah. with. And we joked, like, Tori basically had to roll out a scroll <laughs> at that event because yeah, there were just so many was, bands. Those
3: was, it was a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: That was. How was. Um... I know your your parents were musical mm-hmm. as well. How was, was there, uh, when you decided you want to be a musician, how did they react to that?
3: Oh, very supportive. Yeah, I mean, my parents had to be there, whether it was my mom or my dad or both, because uh, we were so young and we, we start like, <clears throat> we had gigs, like Sherry uh, Jones took us and, and helped us find our way.
1: And as Pink Thunder, as
3: Pink Thunder, yeah. yeah. So we ended up getting a lot of shows where it's just like, now that I think about it, especially now that I'm a, like I work in in the bar setting, if I saw a 13 year old girl come in and try and play on, I'd be like, no, there's like you can't. No, it's just <laughs> like you sign the permission slip, and then your parents <laughs> stays there the whole night Chaperone, until you play yeah. your yeah. show. I did that at Smooth Hermans, I remember, and it's just like, God. Yeah, it's amazing and it was great, but it, yeah, no, they definitely were nothing but supportive. Did I you... mean, I play my dad's bass, yeah. so mm. was it 1960s? Oh, I should have got the year before I coming here. Uh, like, it's, I, think I think it's a seventy six. Yeah. Okay, Seven, is but the neck and the body might not be the same. Oh, is that, is that right? Is that what Brian said? Yeah. Oh.
2: beautiful bass.
0: Oh, it is beautiful. Yeah, yeah.
3: I actually remember the first time I was like super young. And they were always, this the Mustang guitar and the Mustang bass were in the closet. And the case was so big, especially for the bass. And then taking it out and like the bright red uh, like carpet in the case and like feeling it with <laughs> my hands and stuff. You're and like, like never cat. knowing I would uh. ever play that guitar for 16 years. Incredible. You've bought a new bass since then, have you not? I did. Well, yeah. actually, Zach got me one. A few years ago for my birthday, because he saw how uh, terrified I was taking the Mustang oh, to Germany. On the
2: road, yeah. Yeah,
3: I was just not, I'm not fun to be around. I'm like, where's my guitar? <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, I just bought uh, an Eastwood hollow body. That's really nice. Nice. What's yeah. the
2: model of that called? Oh.
0: I don't know. The Clint. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> the <Clans>. uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait for it. took me a second. I, was like, I don't
4: think. I don't think that's
2: right. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, uh, Eastwood I- Clan. Uh, so, what's uh, what about you, Zach? Your your journey as a musician. I know you had
2: one of the best band names of all time, uh, JFKFC. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I have to credit Roland McCarthy for that, and that was a very brief. Uh, Experience in junior high. I think we played like a uh, talent show and lost. Um, but uh, yeah, that was almost just like a, a one-time joke thing. Yeah. Uh, but the name stuck with me, so yeah, you can't you can't not tell that story. <laughs> Incredible. Um, my I mean, for me, it was like uh, I didn't know people didn't play music. You know, my parents were. My dad plays guitar, still does. Um and just like a musician through and through. I also had a very big family who are all musical. My father's one of 16. He has mm-hmm. 15 brothers and sisters and they were the church choir, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's so like every
1: and the baseball team. And, <laughs> and, and totally. Yeah. There
2: was actually nine boys in the family, so they were Yeah, There was oh. enough for a baseball team. Um, But also, like my relatives, my cousins, my second cousins are the Baron McNeils. So lots of fiddles and, and, and Celtic music up the wazoo. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just such a part of life since I was, you know, I didn't know any other way. So it wasn't like, oh yeah, they were very supportive when I decided. It was like, I didn't decide, you know, mm. it was just part of uh, my life and um, um I wouldn't have it any other way. I, you know, so just like played in bands in junior high and I always had a guitar around. I don't really remember the first moment I played guitar. I mean, <clears throat> just always kind of did um but i i had a uh was really into skate punk so i loved i played a lot of punk rock as a kid and i was in a band called one day late and we had we shared a member with this other band called i was a spy and that that band was probably the first one where i would like took seriously we bought a van in 89 bowville And we did some tours. And this is like just at a high school into university. Did like, you know, went to Toronto and just like really bare bones in it too. So it's like, Hey, thanks for coming out. Does anyone have a couch we can crash on? Like those kinds of shows (laughs) and, you know, just selling merch and scraping by. We would make pasta and alleyways on a Coleman stove. And we would, I remember somewhere in Saskatchewan, we found a Canadian tire and outside was like a tent display for all the tents for sale. And we were exhausted and we just went, no one was looking, we ran in the <laughs> tents and crashed for a few hours. and Really like, you know, just scummy traveling. We were just kids. And, uh, you know, that was kind of me cutting my teeth and paying my dues. And we went, we drove that Beauville to Vancouver, to Newfoundland, back. And then basically went straight to the dump. But, huh. uh, yeah, I guess after that it was the Phone Orchestra,
0: and you you went to school mm. for music too, right?
2: Oh yeah, so like, and this would have been during. Um, I guess this um, that was probably the early part of my university was playing in that band. Yeah, um, but yeah, I was I went to Saint X and then f- spent a couple summers in Sackville. So I, I was school year was Andy Ganesh, the summer was Sackville because um we had a member that uh like the, the member that was also in i was a spy went to mount a so we would go up and we would write and hang out and i planted trees and you know just like sort of hanging out with your friends in the summertime yeah and uh yeah so i mean in the summer you do all the traveling in the school year you go to school yeah and uh yeah i guess that was around like the the tail end of my university, I was, I started to play with, um, the Tom Fun orchestra. <clears throat> and they, that was when, I guess I started to travel a little bit more. We did Ireland and Scotland. And I think we went to England for like a weekend once, <laughs> but like a bunch of trips to Toronto and, and that kind of stuff. And then, uh, yeah, I guess leaving Tom fun was my, my break from Cape Breton to, to Halifax and then I ended up here. Yeah, and that's been the stretch for me. Yeah. yeah.
0: And your music is so ingrained in your family like when you after school and once you kind of got your I guess uh degree in music that mm. it was just completely normal just to to keep going, eh? Like it wasn't yeah. okay, now yeah. you got to get a job out west or something, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs>
2: Uh, I mean, I've I've been through weird phases where it's like, oh, this isn't working. I need to figure out what I'm what I'm doing. Like even when I left Cape Breton to come to Hal- Halifax, it's like I I immediately had to go to a temp agency because I wasn't going to find enough work just with music and like nothing in my pocket. And like I, mm-hmm. you know, I did the best I could with gigs and stuff. And I was I also did a bit of teaching and stuff, but um. Yeah, I was, I immediately, I was just grinding it out, like just whatever I could find, just saying yes to everything and slowly building my way, my way up, I guess.
1: Do you both play music still for fun? And I I ask that in the frame of, like Mike and I kind of struggle a little bit with creativity just for the sake of like, let's play with clay tonight Mm -hmm. or like it having no purpose or necessity at the end of it or, or do you find yourself just kind of like picking up a new instrument or pl- like playing I guess rather than it having to be for a reason
3: yeah I actually it's funny because I have been had well the summer's been kind of insane and I, I tend to you know you say yes to something months before and it's like yeah I've plenty of time to get ready for that mm-hmm. and then more yeses around that yes and it's just like you're constantly working it's just like I'll be at my day job listening to the songs I have to learn. It's just like there's no,
4: mm.
3: there's not often a break, but I had a, a break a couple weeks ago or a week ago. And I was just like, Zach, can you find me a trumpet? <laughs> nice. I just want to play the trumpet yeah. because I heard this one trumpet sample in a song. And it's just like, I want to do that. Uh, and when that's flares up, it feels really good. I bet. And I did that with like piano a little bit over the, over COVID. Um, which was just like, learn how to play the songs and and sample new things and just like yeah try something new i do i do have this fascination with instruments where it's just like let's just get all the instruments and say we have Mm. all the instruments did you get
0: the trumpet in the end i'm
3: still working on it well this is only like four days ago i said
0: this because because in queen there's a trumpet at the end. Oh, right? so, is she? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> obviously you can't. You couldn't play bass and the trumpet hey. at the same time. Oh, wow. hey. But don't, hey. this, the, don't tell this
2: girl what she can't the do. The acoustic version,
0: you could whip it. <laughs>
1: yeah, wouldn't everybody love that? Just one song. <laughs> cool, yeah. or just random. That would be impressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How about you, Zach? Do you like to just yeah play around? Yeah, I and think... it doesn't have to be music either. Maybe sure. It's, yeah.
2: I mean, i like I actually do some like guitar building and stuff too. I feel like I try to get, (laughs) never really thought of it as a creative thing, but I'm, I feel like I'm always trying to solve some weird guitar, uh, you know, problem or overcome some guitar obstacle in a creative way. And so like, I will, I face a lot of that stuff with like, what's the right piece of electronics or this right gizmo or this, whatever amplifier, what's the guitar setting. And I, I will try to, you know tackle new ground that way but in terms of like other completely like fresh creative ground um uh well i mean when i i actually played the bagpipes for uh a brief period when i was younger and uh he's admitted you, this on air. It, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, well, no, I
2: actually it was uh, it was great. Looks super hard. It, it's, you know, you're blowing your brains out. <laughs> so, but uh um yeah, I like there I took that on as like a new thing. I, you know, I I want to com- be completely on a in a foreign environment and and sort of like crack a code a bit and um like i did I did that, and I like same with like a little bit of piano, like Tori um like we live with a piano, and i'm it's still a bit of a mystery to me um lately it's been singing like i <clears throat> we we kind of help each other out with 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 music mm-hmm. you know I mean, we've done some like theory stuff, I know theory mm-hmm. okay, but I'm not the greatest singer. Tori's an amazing singer, and then I guess I'm trying to like sing things a little differently and um i like like i said like i came from punk rock background so i would just be yelling a lot at mm-hmm. the top of my voice and you know just like how early 2000s punk rock was it's just like a lot of a lot of that and so i've you know tory give me advice like why don't you try this lower it put it in a different register and like conquer maybe try new ground there and not sing so friggin' loud <laughs> <clears throat> um and yeah, I guess like, like that's the latest thing that I've been uh, been doing. But it's it's always music mm-hmm. for some reason. It's like I've it's always comes back to to music. I think I kind of want to have a practical use for it. I mean, I don't I don't really find myself being too creative for no reason. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to use it, and I'll like go down a road. So far, I'm like, yeah, if I'm not if if I'm not good, I don't want to say right away but if i don't get like oh okay i i I'm, I'm i think i have some building blocks too to make use of this if i don't get that then i'll put it aside and try to find something new that i can use
0: you can- you're a pretty big gear a huge gear guy <laughs> like you're, oh, oh, yeah. you're on uh, online looking for deals and buying new pedals Endlessly, new guitars. Yeah. like i don't know when i we we rehearse at yeah, your guys place but when i see all the cases lined oh, um, right up on the wall they take Zach up so Zach
2: <laughs> like, right. uh,
0: you have so many guitars right. and and every time uh, we get together you're like try the, or hear this new yes. pedal or whatever right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you are like yeah. in you're in deep in the, the the gear world and that that really shows in what you're able to create like you when you're playing guitar you can ultimately make your guitar sound like anything there. Like, yeah. I'll say, Hey, at the start of this song, can you make it sound like a fucking helicopter? <laughs> <Sure, yeah. laughs> Let me see yeah. what I can
2: figure out. So uh, yeah. yeah, you,
0: that you're, I, I, when I see you talking about that too, you're excited too. Like Oh you're, yeah.
2: You're, you're in the, the zone. I like, I like that. Um, I mean, it's always guitar, but there's something about the effects that makes it feel like a, a blank slate, you know? So it's like, Yeah, I'm always playing the same instrument, but I can, I can, um, decorate it in an endless amount of ways and totally create something new and fresh. Um, yeah, that's a lot of fun for me. Yeah. For sure.
0: And with, with, uh, something like maximum overdrive, the (laughs) eighties cover band you (laughs) play in, you're, you're trying to dial in very specific sounds, but are very different from song to song. So that's gotta be a challenge.
2: Yeah, I am like, <clears throat> I mean, uh, I it, that's a completely different, it's not so much creative, um, you're trying to recreate something, yeah. something mm-hmm. that's already been done. So, um, but how you go about it, you can find uniqueness in um, and you can sort of get the same end result that someone else got, only a different way that might be more convenient for you. Or, I mean, there's a million different reasons why <clears throat> you would go about things differently, but- Yeah. I like that puzzle. I like how did, you know, given the tools that I have, how can I get that sound? Not only get that sound, but how can I get it like that? Because I'm, I just played this song. I'm going to be strapped with this guitar. I'm going to have this list of tools to use and I got to get that sound. And that's a code I like to try to crack. Yeah. Yeah. Super neat. Yeah.
1: I know you both uh, spent some time in Mexico. How how long ago was that trip? Like maybe six months or it was in March. In March, yeah. yeah. How important is it to be in a new environment to kind of just like clear your head? Like what did that do for you to be somewhere else?
3: I mean, I know as like I won't say I was like a huge traveler, but it's just like I ended up getting myself in situations where I was able to to see a lot of places, which is I'm very lucky um and him as well but i remember almost being a little worried about how it would pan out i was nervous about how he would react as weird as that sounds it's just like i had planned the whole trip i had planned everything airbnbs money was we got everything we need okay that's good let's go and i was just like if anything doesn't pan out it's just like i don't want him to be stressed uh and i I was just me, I'm trying to take as much control and be like, okay, is he going to be okay? And I just remember being like, he's thriving. Like, we're down no, there. And no, it's no. just like, I, right. so much more than I thought. And I was just like,
1: it worked out so well. Were you worried because you were in such a different place or because you had done all of the planning?
3: I Because <laughs> so I had done all the yeah. Yeah,
1: Because I had done oh. all the planning.
3: Also, just like, I want anybody, but especially him, just to be as comfortable as possible. And like, we're going to be here for two yeah. weeks, was it? Two weeks, yeah, yeah, and it's Mm -hmm. just like it's just make a good two weeks, and they were really good.
2: Um, It's the first time we traveled like that
3: together, Together. without mute, without music, yeah, no
2: itinerary and just no plan. Yeah, Uh, did you
1: feel at peace or that your mind expanded? Like, was there a major kind of takeaway from it? And there doesn't have to be. I'm just curious because
3: there always is for me. It's just like. Seeing different parts of the world is something I value uh, probably the same as music. It's mm-hmm. just I get to do it less because it costs. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it sort of like brings up just like feelings of like hope. And it's just like, look, we only we live on this one planet and there's and it's, it's a finite space. And it's just like you can see some of it if you want to. And I can't. So I, mm. I, it makes me really happy. And it just it like switches things up. Your brain, your it just yeah. gets a little jumbled in like a good way. And it's like okay, when I go back home, I'm gonna well, I quit my job. I remember telling you that. Yeah, uh, I was already partially foot out the door, but I I kind of pulled the the plug, um, fully. And it's just like it, it's good to mix things up.
1: I find being exposed to just different ways of life mm-hmm. gives you permission to change your own life. Like we right. get very rooted in. I grew up in this. I grew up in Nova Scotia, and Mike and I have faced this too. And we've talked about it before on the podcast just how other people from other parts of the world see us as Canadians. Right. So there's sort of this stereotype that lies around how we're expected to act or how we often do act. And mm-hmm. it, it's nice to realize like, I don't have to be this way just because it's expected of me as someone from Eastern Canada. Right. And for whatever that, you know, might translate into work wise or personality wise, it's, it's a good reminder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not everybody's exposed to something else. So you can get very just in your lane about how you feel about other people in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And especially going, I know you were in Mexico, like kind of in a little bit off the beaten path, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you go to Mm. whatever, New York or the big cities, you're, you're. Generally going down the the tourist, yeah. the, the same same path that a lot of people have, which is great. Like mm-hmm. Nothing against going to New York. I love mm-hmm. it. But when you go somewhere where it's completely different than how most people here live their lives, you really just get a different lens on how mm-hmm. you can view the world and what you can take from that and how that can fit in your everyday life. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. We had asked you earlier as well before we started recording about traveling as musicians and it sounds like you all agree that yeah i'm in a different country but i'm not really here as a traveler yeah so i'd love to hear like mike you can even talk about this too because you of course have been lots of places but well
0: touring as musician is not at all traveling like you you get to see places and you're getting a glimpse of places but you're not getting to immerse yourself in it because you're working, you're, mm-hmm. you're figuring out your how to get from point A to point B or going to sound check. Like the, when you're on tour, the bulk of a place that you discover is between sound check and gig time. I find. Yeah. Cause you arrive. in the
1: train station. Yeah. You
0: yeah. you you arrive in a place and maybe you go to your hotel and then you whatever, eat something. Oh, I got to go to sound check. And then you finish your sound check and you might have three hours to take in mm-hmm. a brand new city. And how much can you really take in in three hours? Right? It's
2: like a couple people, yeah. you know, a venue, a green room. <laughs> yeah. Is
1: that exciting about it though?
2: I I still get exhausting. excited. Yeah. I, know. Yeah. I like, I like that familiar, like, uh, <clears throat> um, arrangement, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go see this city and like, I'm going to go drive through it. And it's like, yeah, I, uh. I know my role. I gotta go do this mm. soundcheck, and I like I like doing my job in that sense. Like, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I get you know, uh, happiness is a job well done, and I'm like, yeah, okay, mm. I th- mm-hmm. I want to put on a good show, and I want to be happy with the people around me, and I'm like, yeah, that's really really great, right? Is it the best way to see the world? Like, n- no, but it, it's a it's still a good one.
3: Yeah, right. yeah. I feel like it's like when I go. When you're touring, you know what you're there for and what you're going to be doing. And it's just, I don't expect to be able to go sightseeing and, and talk to the locals and, and try and speak their language poorly. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, I'm going to be at the show and that's fantastic. Um, but yeah, as long as I know the reason I'm there, it's yeah. fine.
0: But, but all those little moments become really memorable, I find, yeah. too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember... Things that, I don't know, maybe would be insignificant to other people, but just whatever, the walk from the hotel to the the, the venue. Or, yeah. I was just thinking of, um and you have little pockets where you can experience places. Mm-hmm. And right. I was thinking of when we were in Germany, remember, uh I can't remember the name of the, the town, but we stayed in that weird room with a bunch of swings oh. like was oh, like that a sex was in room stuttgart, uh, stuttgart. stuttgart. yeah <laughs> yeah i oh, Yeah, Stuttgart. Uh, and the guy who looked like
2: he looked like
0: sting didn't he he kind of had a sting he, vibe he, for he sure. gave us the what did he call liquid cocaine <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. B- i tried Bohemian making that cocaine. later
3: and you tried to make it at music week and it, it was not in general,
2: <laughs> i used like folders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: that yeah. was a that was a nice place and i remember i i took the top bunk and i couldn't find the light switch so i slept with the light this close to my head right. on the whole night i think you were on the bottom and bottom. we were leaving and, I, and like, I turned the light off as we left the room and you were like what <laughs> there's
4: a light, light this whole time
2: i remember uh before the show
0: um we were like let's there's we were just we were at where we were staying and we were sitting out i think on a deck or patio or something and like let's let's just play a song play a in the street song, so I, I i got my guitar and there was a table of like 10 people and we, we, me and you walked over mm-hmm. tori <laughs> and played baton rouge <laughs> and I had, the, I had the capo in the wrong spot too <laughs> i had it uh, down uh That's like funny. two steps so it was like a low version <laughs> <of it. laughs> and i started playing like fuck because in uh on the acoustic guitar which is in standard it's uh different tuning on the electric that I play I just oh, messed up. Yeah. But but I was just thinking that in that place in Stuttgart. <laughs> um I remember the next morning after sleeping in that weird man's sex room. Yeah. Um
1: sex room or sax room? sex room? Sex. sex room. There was There's like
0: there's a bunch of beds and like weird so
1: many hammocks.
2: And, yeah, uh, weird sex hammocks. Yeah. Um He's like, Welcome. I like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't even a
0: shirt on most of the time either. He's
2: yeah. But, yeah, he was
0: pretty uh, Anyway, I remember weird. the next morning I woke up early and I just hiked up a hill. I didn't know where I was going, and I could lo- I looked down at the town like from up there. I just sat there and I'm like this is beautiful. Like, yeah. And if I was if I was traveling as a tourist, like probably wouldn't have done that, you mm-hmm. know, because you're right. doing you're doing.
1: Mm. Highlights and mm -hmm. touristy Mm -hmm. things. It was just like, I don't have time. You're not staying in sex rooms. (laughs) I'm just going to walk up this
0: random path, no idea where it goes. And I look down and like I could see the entire town or city. I don't know what it (laughs) is, but uh, it was just something I'll just always remember. And like all those little things when you're touring... Like your impression of a place becomes those moments. Right. Yeah. Like, mm. Guelph, oh, the best burritos in the world. Right. Are Guelph, you know, like you just have, like, yeah. forever in my mind, I had a good, good burrito in Guelph. Right. So that's mm-hmm. always in my head.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess, though, um, when you go, when you travel with, with, like, not for music and you have to piece it all together yourself. Uh, it can't. I. It was really rewarding. I mean, you did most of it, but I was just remember thinking, that, like, so proud of you. Like, you made this all happen. You figured mm. out these spaces, these and places. We, like,
3: walk up the stairs to there. Met all these people. Yeah,
2: And we figure out our own way yeah. from point A to point B. It's like when you're touring. It's like someone's usually driving. It's like that's all sort of squared away, and then you just sort of really get to enjoy yourself. And you, of course, it's hard work, and you got to make sure that you're on point and you know what you're doing. But, um, I mean, I, it was the first time I really traveled like that mm-hmm. in, in Mexico and the gist be, um, you know, there's like no safety net. It's like, this is all us. It's like, whatever we want to do, however we w- want this to go is how it goes. We don't ask someone like, when's lobby call?
4: Right. Mm-hmm. When do
2: you, when do we have when sound check? It's like, mm-hmm. it's whenever you want to do anything and you got to make sure you have a good time because it's like, you came all this way. So it's like pressure's on to enjoy yourself yeah, and, and then of making course money every
1: night right yeah.
2: right and then so when you have the greatest time it's like it's really rewarding it's like we we made all of this we designed this time
1: mm-hmm. entirely ourselves and i uh, love that i've never heard traveling described in this way oh. like just designing it that's such a great way of looking at it because it's yeah it's so true you get to design where you stay and what neighborhood you're in mm-hmm. what food you eat that day what people you interact with right yeah, yeah.
3: just like and you're you're starting from like zero because i was looking at the map and being like we'll go here then here then here Mm -hmm. and then last second uh we get there and it's just like i don't want to we don't want to drive like yeah we we don't want to rent rent a vehicle yeah like that could throw a wrench in plans because it's just like it's too crazy let's just Mm -hmm. not do something that's going to stress one of us out Mm -hmm. and changing one of the destinations we were going to because it turns out it was in the we were are more in the middle of nowhere than i had thought which is i love that but uh it's like yeah no buses don't go there so what are you gonna do and it's yeah. like okay what are we gonna do
2: <laughs> and then you just decide what you're gonna do and it's awesome I mean you just pivot like, on the spot yeah there's yeah. no there's no loss you're just like we're making it up as you go along and
0: yeah, yeah sometimes when you the opportunity to react to your situation creates the the best thing the best right? one yeah like because and and sometimes like you say, I want to, I have to see this museum. or I have to right. do this right. and that. And you yeah. do it. But a lot of the most memorable things probably from our experiences are just things that you would never have thought of or right. never planned. And just something happened that led to something else that led to this. other Exactly. Thing, and you're just following the the root of it all.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then that was, you know, we had canceling those plans and changing last minute. I, yeah, I think that was like. It just led to such a, it, they were the right decisions to yeah, make. Yeah, right? And like, I'm glad that we, we weren't stressed about a vehicle or mm-hmm. how to get around. Um, getting around without a vehicle was actually really easy. And, you know, it just, uh, you learn on the fly. It being on the fly, it was just really, it felt satisfying. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, so no more car. Just get used to that idea right now. Right. Here we go. And, and it, it's it
0: feels more like an adventure too. Right? Yeah. Like you're... It's a choose your own adventure where right. you get to make all the things happen mm-hmm. and you never know where it's going to go. but and, hope, and most of the time it ends up good, but, mm-hmm. right. but there's bad things that can happen. Which <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: definitely. <laughs> we have a whole book about that. Right, right. <laughs> but it builds, it builds your confidence too. Like, I feel like that's something you bring home with you. Like, oh, okay, I executed this massive project is right. really what it feels like. And yeah, I had to cancel things and change my plans mm. and ended up in this dark alley with a scary person and I'm still here. Mm -hmm. Like all those things you bring home with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: And we ne- obviously, if people listen up to this point, they, they'll, they'll know, <laughs> but we never said that you are a couple. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, like, which yeah. Is, uh, uh, right. yeah. <laughs> we're not just traveling bandmates.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Some people thought that.
4: Yeah,
1: I suppose.
2: <laughs> get along really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are a couple. Yeah, we right. plan
1: to talk about this <laughs> ask you about it. Can yeah. I ask you where like, where you met or how you started, like where your relationship started? Or is this is everyone going to blush in the room? No, no. no. Okay.
3: Well, I, we met. Uh, you guys hired him. Town
1: Heroes, brought them together.
3: Yeah, I mean, well, I still knew <laughs> Entertainer
1: of the Year. I <laughs>
2: know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, Matchmaker of the Year. Um, I, I, like, I knew of you through the other, like, Floodland. Mm-hmm. I remember talking to Aaron Green about you when you were playing bass. So I went to school with Aaron, right. um, who played guitar in the Town Heroes before I did. So. I've actually known Aaron for longer than anyone, actually, yeah. in this room. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, it, like, so I don't know how he found you, but he was. Uh,
3: Through Dana. Oh, okay. I was playing with Elle Delaware.
2: I, yeah, I just remember. a so, like, you Like, do you have, like, this new bass player? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's great. And then I think I just saw you on some shows, and just there was. I remember like the first time we really said anything to each other was at in Truro. We played, what is that?
3: It was Salty Dog. We were just talking about that, right? Yeah. And I it's was like coming a, off a street, a street tour. party. Yeah.
2: And they, they just set you up on the street. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you just play on this truck platform in Truro. <laughs> is that uh, what
0: you played with Adam Ball? I played with Adam. Yeah, yeah we yeah. played. Yeah. Right. I just yeah.
3: got off like a week long tour with T and Cameron, I think, and then drove straight to do that. And I was so tired. Right. I was dead.
2: (laughs) But yeah, then we then I was hired to be in Town Heroes, and then we went to Germany. And Germany is such a romantic place. (laughs) (laughs) The way you've
1: described it so far, Uh, uh, I can of course understand how this happened. Schnitzel in Stuttgart.
2: Yeah, we went Uh, uh, to Oktoberfest, and um,
3: you bought me a, a sandwich for the car ride that. Oh, made me. Yeah.
2: oh my god <laughs> we had to pull over right. we found a gas station those were that's one of the uh, bad traveling
3: experiences <laughs> he's like here i bought this for you I'm like oh thanks it's oh, like, that's oh, It's like gas station well,
1: <laughs>
4: right
2: yeah
1: are you both romantics
3: romantics
1: Ooh. i would say you aren't yeah. <laughs> but but
3: he he uh, is very act of service kind of mm. person Nice. So it may not be like a bouquet of flowers, but it is, guitar uh, pedal. I set your guitar, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, a guitar yeah. pedal, or I set up your guitar for you, or I found this fretless bass that yeah. I'm going to
1: build for you. So. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. And how would you describe Tori's act oh, as a wow. partner in that <laughs> <way>? <laughs> This is
2: like a game show. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, very romantic. Yeah, absolutely romantic. Really? Here is a seashell I got you. It's oh. true. And it's like, if I lose that seashell, I'm- Dead.
3: No, I wouldn't
2: know. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're just saying that because you have a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, he pulls it out of his pocket. Right? But still, that's like we support each other um in every way that we can. I think that we're more supportive of each other than we are romantic about each
1: other. Mm -hmm. That's romance.
2: Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it's like, um, it's commitment. And I don't want it to make it sound, it's not work, but it's just like responsibility. We have a responsibility to each other Mm -hmm. that is um, very loving, but uh, it's like... um, serious you know it's just like yeah no like you just saying like i wanted to make sure he was comfortable Mm -hmm. it's not because like i'm this
3: high maintenance or anything no (laughs) it's just like
2: that's that's tori caring yeah yeah and i I, like i'm the this yeah so tori is caring for sure
1: i see you both as such you're you both present yourself as very calm and articulate and just present with people but you're two of the most just badass rock and roll people when you're on stage it's it's interesting though because it's such and Tori especially I've commented about you in the past like your stage presence to me is remarkable and I, I we've seen a lot of musicians in our life but it, it's it's feels like almost a split personality I don't know if you feel that way about yourselves but as an observer to know you sitting in this setting and then to see you just Absolutely shred a stage is like, who is this person? (laughs) Yeah,
3: I'd say they're probably pretty different. But I mean, I like maybe not. I don't know.
2: You have to be different.
3: Yeah. I mean, I can't be that all the the time. Because
2: if you were that all the time, you wouldn't get the opportunity to be that on a stage. Right. Mm.
1: So, mm-hmm. is it conscious? Is it like this is my time to just fucking shine yeah. up here? Yeah. yeah, it's funny
3: because I mm-hmm. say that like I, I'm a very private person mm-hmm. in general. I'm like very private, mm. uh, and I don't like being the center of attention, and I don't like people even thinking about me, really. Mm-hmm. And then, but it's just like I ha- when you're on stage, it's like that's my time. Like, look at me. I'm ready. Okay, this is it. Mm-hmm. The, I'm. I'm. Give, this is very. Uh, okay with me so mm-hmm. it's just like I'm well I like it do you know what I mean it's yeah. just like so this is I'll we'll dance around or whatever because I mm. like the attention on stage but otherwise I do not like the attention
1: on does stage. it feel like a character though like I'm no, curious about what this emotional like, experience is like
3: me okay it's just a mm. side of me that like comes out when like the crowd is 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 bringing it out it's like I'm I wouldn't really be able to do that if there was nobody out there. Yes, Do you know what I mean? That makes like, sense. i yeah. responding the, the to mu- them. The music okay. too, right? Very like the, much the so. The feel yeah.
0: of just the song
3: mm. pulsating yeah, through I you. I also really like mm. to dance. Um, mm. I don't dance as much anymore because I don't go to like clubs, but it's just like <laughs> mm. I like to dance mm. and I express myself. We always have body a. Movement.
0: We have a little dance party after each podcast. So we'll- oh, nice. right. yeah. We're gonna, we are got to film it. <laughs> film it. We'll get the
1: deer in it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Deer dance party. Mm,
1: yeah. We like to also ask our guests um, what your idea of making it is. And with that in mind, if you feel like you have, in fact, made it. I mean you can rock paper scissors for who goes first if you want. <laughs>
2: oh god, I feel I go, I'll go first. I mean well, we can I might I might just fumble around some sentences before I find anything redeeming but <laughs> um I mean making it I guess in my mind would be a sustainable uh some kind of sustainability. Um you can still make it without it though, but I mean I guess that would be what I would strive what I'm striving to obtain. Mm-hmm and no i haven't uh obtained it and <clears throat> i i part of me wonders is like i might even if i did find a sustainable way to continue to be a musician if that would be i would arrive there and, and be like i don't like this it's like maybe maybe making it it's like it's not it it's the fantasy of making it mm-hmm. that is really more and it's like, like once you make it and, and you're not clawing.
1: Like that keeps you motivated.
2: Yeah. It's ah. like if you don't, it's like the fire under your ass will go out if you make it. So, I don't well, know. I, a
0: lot of people, um, the day after they won an uh, Oscar or Grammy or something is like the most depressed they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, like it's over. You've accomplished it.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: And I, I guess the good thing with music is there's not really a ceiling, right? right. So mm-hmm. you can you can become sustainable but then you could surpass that so, tenfold you totally know. yeah but
2: yeah i don't i don't think i've made it and i i consider like that that would be the the general definition the general idea of what making it is in my in my mind mm-hmm. it's like just the sustainability which i guess can be bad you know i could <clears throat> uh if you just have the same consistent thing like if like an artist that's made it um they had a big big hit and they're, they're they're just relegated to that their whole life and they can try to break away you know um and do other things but it's like if it's if it's if they made it so far they're just at the top like good luck seeing Jason Alexander as not George Costanza. Do you know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a it's a great analogy. It's like, you're not, it's so, uh, so hard to break it from like really, really making it. And not that that's anything that I have to worry about. But when I, when I, when I'm like, oh no, I haven't made it. I'm not too bummed about that. It's just like, there's good in clawing through and, and, a, and chasing something. Even if you don't get it, it's
1: like,
3: you
2: know, thrills in the hunt. Yeah, mm. I
1: love this answer. Yeah, that's great. How about you, Tori? Can you relate?
3: Uh, well, to not, I'm not I haven't made it. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I don't. I feel like I feel like I'm always I'm less searching for sustainability and more so for a happiness. And it's like I don't know if I'll ever make it. Just as long as it's still making me happy. Because there's plenty of things in life where it's like, I really like you think you you want it or you like it or a job or whatever. And it's just Mm -hmm. like all of a sudden you don't anymore. Yeah. And that will never be music Uh, for me. I'll always it will always be in my life in whatever shape or form it may be in. As long as it's just keeping me as long as it makes me happy. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I feel like if I. I don't know. Like, blew up tomorrow. And she's just like, Justin Bieber famous. And it's just like, I, that, I don't think I would like that. And it's just like, that doesn't make me happy. And I don't, and that. Do
2: like, you need other people and the reception of what you do to make you happy? Do I need. Do you need it to be received? Can you just make, hmm. can you be creative and show no one and that oh, enough? I've
3: had that conversation before. Um, I don't, I, I think yes. But I also realized that, like, I I need somebody else less so to show it to, more so to, to uh, interact with it with. Uh, so it's like...
2: In the presentation of it or, or... Well,
3: it's instead of me, like, playing a song for you and being like, here's my song and nobody else. You it's is, just yeah. like, I would much rather play the song with you hmm. and then have you be like, oh, well, what about this? And it's just like, uh, yeah. that's why I play in bands. That's mm. why I'm not a solo artist. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, if
0: you... Like all of a sudden, like someone from say Nashville wrote to you tomorrow, like I want you to play in this song mm-hmm. for a thousand bucks. Then every day there's like five people writing, I want you to play in this song. So you're you're making a freaking substantial living. Okay, but you're just in the liner notes, no one that no one reads. <laughs> how <laughs> how would you feel? Is that like you're mm. being creative? You're putting your work on there. You're showing your talent. How how would you feel with something like that? You're not playing live though.
3: Uh,
4: see, I would take it for a little <laughs> a while, question. and then I probably
3: wouldn't like it anymore, and it wouldn't yeah. make me happy, and I'd stop. Days are the I, days a, are numbered. That's on a something very bad, like, like a terrible answer, because yeah. it's like I'll do it until I don't like it anymore. <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I don't
0: know. So what about the same thing for you, Zach? Like the that, ar- that, that arrangement? Yeah. Well,
2: yeah, I. Can, it's tough. Um. Yeah. No, music's a language. You need other people. You mm-hmm. can't just talk to yourself either. A a poet can't just like you know, like what's a painting if no one sees it, right? It's I mean, you can still enjoy it, you can be proud of yourself, but there seems to be a missing element of it. And it's like, yeah, other people would still I guess in that that scenario, other people would still hear yeah. what I did. Mm-hmm. And there's still an audience and it's still received, there's still feedback and there's still some kind of interaction. Um but it's not a, the main line, you know. It's not yeah. as direct. Where the real way to perform music, and you know, to it being a language, is it's you do it with other people and you present it. It's you know, it's like it's it's a stage and a spotlight. Yeah. Show them what you got. I don't think I could really go
1: without that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think there's almost like we don't want to admit that we enjoy or value the reception of an audience because it's like this should be pure enough of a desire within me that like I'm good without that Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah it's a relationship and it's it's Mm -hmm. an exchange it's a interaction that you're having and even talking about you being on stage like that fuels you it makes you feel differently than if those people weren't there Mm -hmm. if I had an art show and nobody showed up like I wouldn't mm-hmm. be sitting there proud of my paintings. right? Right. I'd be feeling yeah. pretty like bad Bumped. that, yeah, yeah. That's just the truth. <laughs> yeah. Whether or not that's sort of the enlightened way of looking at it, mm-hmm. that's yeah, the honest truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the audience is needed.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think
1: the audience.
2: You can't be your only its member. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: I, oh yeah, I I feel like I just, I guess I, it's like an ego thing. Senai, and it's like a it's a weird thing to admit to i guess so but it's just like right. yeah you, and a you, lot of you,
2: people yeah. don't a lot of people are like i do it for myself right. and this is just for me and and like it's it, is it you know well then why you tell me about it <laughs> <laughs> why are you force me to yeah. listen to yeah. it why are you selling it how much is it again <laughs> if it's just for you keep it Yeah, call. <laughs> right <clears throat> which I, I you know i'm being very like uh I'm watering down that. Like I understand projects that are are just for them. They're still getting them but they weren't considering how the audience was going to receive it. They still wanted to ha- it to have an audience. I get it. <laughs> but um yeah, there there is that answer a lot where it, you know it's like, oh no, I do it just I don't consider the audience. Right, I don't believe you. <laughs> a little bit.
0: Yeah. You, if you don't consider the audience at all, then you have to just either be sitting on a bunch of money mm. or something. Like, <laughs> You're lying. Because like, it's impossible to just create something 100% from scratch and not think of like, the uh, influences seeping in and mm-hmm. how how that's going to be perceived by other people. Like, right. Because there has to be a little bit of you like hoping or just wanting other people to appreciate it. Right, like it doesn't have to be a big driving force, but I think it's, I think it's impossible for it to not be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think, Kristen?
1: Yeah, I like how you t- also talked about if people aren't there, that you're not getting any income either. <laughs> so it has to be a special circumstance for you just not to care if anybody ever consumes what you're making, <laughs> right? Unless you have another yeah form of sustaining yourself mm-hmm. the, Elon
0: m- Musk's child
1: yeah, he, can, <laughs> he can paint and sing all he wants and yeah. right. sit in a closet by himself and it'll work out <laughs> yeah. yeah the
2: money in that in situation though it's like yeah you still need an income it's also representative of something else though it's not just um, it's not just money it's like <clears throat> you need an audience Um, it's just like part of the process even if they weren't even if you were performing for free right um if the performance if you agree to make the or how about you're getting you get a flat fee you know you're getting your thousand bucks and in you can do it it's like you're still gonna you're gonna get your money you're still gonna care about the amount of people that decide to show up mm-hmm. it still matters for to the art form you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that like the, the money is, is representative of like that relevance that the audience has to your art form. It's not a separate thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, I just, I yeah.
1: podcasting has been interesting in this way because we're not making money from this. Mm. I guess it's a form of creativity, but I can truly say that having guests over like you are tonight really brings me happiness Mm -hmm. and satisfaction and I truly enjoy just getting to know people in a different way and we probably wouldn't just sit and talk like this Mm -hmm. in other settings so it's very creatively Mm -hmm. rewarding even though there is maybe we'll have one listener maybe there'll be tens of thousands of listeners but that part doesn't really cross my mind in the same way it would at a show Mm -hmm. so maybe it's like the type of expression of the creativity that that way of thinking can shift a yeah. little bit. I don't know.
2: Yeah, no, that's, yeah, I get that
1: mm.
0: for mm-hmm. sure. There's a thing I experienced, and I heard someone talk about it recently. Uh, when I'm working on a song in my studio here on my own, like mixing or whatever, making a demo, I could listen to it a million times and think, oh, it's, it's, it's great right now. But when, when someone comes in, if Kristen comes in and I say, come on in and listen to it, when she sits down and we listen to it, I experience it in a different way. Like back mm-hmm. to the audience. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that is just me picking up on like very subtle things. Like it's my intuition seeing like, a, she likes this, but doesn't like this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I I, don't know the explanation for it, but I know I perceive my own music differently when someone else mm-hmm. is there.
2: Yeah. I think, I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it doesn't have to be it's not it's not this absolute thing in every in every like art form but um audience perception uh is is relevant you know it's like you can't be the only one that likes what you do
0: yeah
2: again i'm speaking in absolutes like you can sure (laughs) Uh, but there's just something so rewarding when it's when it's shared you know and uh uh i i mean even even like recording yourself and hearing yourself back and just taking the role of like the audience member even if it's just you you're going to have a different perspective as opposed to just always like playing it and singing it yeah. and just like that that perspective <clears throat> is uh is essential
1: we were talking about the beatles earlier and how some of their music is just completely out there like almost kid-like or circus-like there's a sound to it and we use this uh reference to the Pearl Jam song Bugs I don't know if you remember that like it was just this weird obscure kind of <laughs> unlike any of their other music and yeah. it it just got us talking about I don't know yeah like this is so different from what your audience typically resonates with. Was this just the musician? Like I got to try something right. new <laughs> and like I don't really care if this sticks or uh-huh. not or mm-hmm. like, what is that about? Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we all go through that. Just kind of like, this is for me, right. not right. for you. Right. Right. I don't right. care how it's received. Right.
2: And so, okay. So then if you don't care for it, it's how it's received, then you're okay for it to die. You know, it's like, if you, uh, if you do, if you want to be able to continue, you want to make it better and, and, and you want to make it something that you do all the time, then I think you like it would make sense to care about how yeah. it's received. But if it's like, I don't care how it's received, then, uh, then I think you'd have to be, accept it not being able to be something that you do.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. It's tricky, though. Like I know in my painting, I've experimented with different styles or adding different things, like right. just experimenting. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it's not received as well. As well. And I think it's because, yeah, your audience gets used to producing a certain thing. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, they like that. And I have that to, you know, go to right uh, as a more consistent product. But... It makes it challenging to want to spend your time exploring these new things mm-hmm. when you're met with like a little resistance you're about right.
4: it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Is there anything you do that like, um that you doubt the, like, do you often do something that you may doubt the reception of?
1: Uh, every single thing I make. <laughs>
2: every single really. <laughs> really?
1: If I'm being, yeah. I always have a moment almost, it's a little better now, I guess, but. Almost every single time I am just unsure about it. And it's not until it's complete that I kind of evaluate how I really feel. But there's Mm -hmm. always a moment of like,
2: "Eh." I don't know if this Mm -hmm. is going well. Right. Yeah. That's exciting though. That's, I mean, that sense of doubt and just like risk, I guess.
1: And I remember learning, I don't know if this is the same with music, but remember being taught as a painter that It's kind of just a series of correcting mistakes, especially with abstract art in that like there's no real right or wrong, but you're kind of just picking at things until Mm -hmm. it feels good. Uh So my art especially is just how I feel about it. Like Uh there is no, you know, now this looks like a portrait because it's not a portrait. It's not meant to look real. Uh So there's a little bit of freedom there. right? Um, But yeah, going outside of that. Zone. Technique and comfort zone is like yeah a little scary and not always received well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Before you start a painting, you don't have a vision, do you? Or some is it different?
1: It depends. If I'm making something that's meant to be a landscape or inspired by something, I have more of an idea of a palette, maybe. Or uh, you know, I've had people ask for custom pieces that are inspired by a trip they've been on or their favorite song like you and I did a collaboration together where I did a painting for every song so there's more thought put into it like that but it's never meant to really look like something realistic necessarily do you do you more often like sort of make it up as you go
2: you just sort of plant a seed and you and you kind of follow
1: yeah that's what I like about it it's kind of out of my control to some extent. Right, Mm -hmm. You're answering it. So, yeah. It's just such a dance that that's that's what makes the process really fun. Mm -hmm. It's not just about the finished product. Like, I love being in my studio. I love being alone in there. It's a controlled environment. Like, everything about it just feels like it's for me. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a self-centered place to live, Mm -hmm. but it's such a comfort and a joy and a peace.
2: opposite of... It's not a performance.
1: Yeah. Right. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah. How that's, different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: That is very cool. Mm-hmm.
1: But that's why it's cool to hear about, especially the performance aspect of music. Like, to me, I look at, you know, the three of you and and Bruce, of course, is in your band. But <laughs> when I see you perform, it just I often think to myself that must feel so good. Like it such does. A, a release it and does. just yeah. yeah. That's yeah. true, the that, physical reaction. I'm glad it reaction. does, because yeah. it looks like, man, like I would be terrified to be any one of you right now, but that's got to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. there's definitely some things where it's
3: just like, I'll close my eyes and just, it's like, where is she looking? Oh, she has her eyes closed. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I'm a thousand miles away, but yeah. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, mm-hmm. let me take this moment and just feel, especially with the instrument that I play. It's very, mm. you can feel it. But
2: yeah, Yeah. there's something about like prac prepping, worrying, you know, practicing all of the stress that can lead towards a performance and it actually all goes away, not when it's over, but when it's happening Mm -hmm. and it, when it's just like, so this is the moment where I, I do all this stuff and it's, that's the magical thing where it's just like, as it's happening, it's, it's stress-free. It's not when it's over. I mean it there's been gigs where I've been stressed as it's happening, I've been re- really nervous, and when it's over, it's really unsatisfying because it's just like I spent the whole time mm, worried. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but the good ones are the ones where they start and you're like, Well, it doesn't matter now. Yeah, it's you, ride you the way put away. in the work. Yeah. You. Yeah. And it's like this is what it's for.
0: Nothing yeah, nothing else is gonna change the outcome. Exactly.
2: Can't can't redo this. Yeah. yeah. And to know know that before you start, like right before you start. And it's just like, all right. You know, it's just like as soon as the four count comes in and and you're just like, okay, here we go. I just, I don't care anymore.
1: I can't. I can't (laughs) care. I mean,
2: what would caring do? Nothing, Mm -hmm, you know? Right. So you just like, let it rip.
1: So before we wrap up, with that in mind, is there a show or a moment that you can recall that gave you that feeling more than the rest? Like just that feeling of presence and being in a different place, kind of escaping your body.
2: I am. Um, I actually, <clears throat> I took on this role of organizing some benefit shows when Jay Smith passed away, and mm-hmm. I, I played some really big shows. He was like really supported and adored in the music industry, and. I, I played in Rock Ranger and then he moved to Halifax and I played in his uh, solo project and I just knew a lot of his material um, and was sort of in the position to sort of, I can musically arrange a night of uh, like a tribute concert, and have all the stuff played. And we did a concert at the um, uh, ballroom in the Casino geez <laughs> obviously my mind was yeah. elsewhere but yeah. um it it was it was like one guest after another and it was like the you know the greatest guests of nova scotia musicians gordy sampson Matt Mays, joel plaskett and it's you know and we like to just sort of really go through that and and i i stressed and worried so much about that just because i mean it was it was a big deal to
4: me mm-hmm.
2: and for that to begin and it was like a huge ballroom full of people. Um, that release and that tribute, what, well, I don't think there's going to be too. It's going to be hard to beat that one for sure. Yeah. That'd yeah. Be like, kinda, that's mm-hmm. the one that uh, comes off the top of my
1: head. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. In tribute to mm-hmm. someone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really.
3: I, there's no gig that comes to mind, or like there's a thousand. It it would be parts of songs, mm. or um, who I'm up there with. Uh, I recently did the Winter Warmers finale with Rankin McGinnis at the Marquee, and all the people that come, and Luke Levy's in that band, and and all the people that I've I've played with in the past. And I was just singing, and it was it wasn't
2: uh, and dancing
3: and dancing (laughs) and it was just like i'm up here and everybody loses their mind i don't know what's in the water on those saturdays or sundays or whatever oh man people just go wild and i just remember being like i'm so lucky to do this not only am i having fun but like i'm surrounded by all my friends that i've been friends with for years and that was really fun there's also like i said parts of songs that like like there's a there's second verse of English class. Uh, I think it. I I think you do it, but Aaron would do this like ding ding oh, yeah. ding, like a sort of like a descending guitar riff mm-hmm. that every time it's played I just close my eyes and I just let it, it has nothing to do with my instrument but they're like, what is she reacting to? I remember to? you
2: telling me <laughs> it's like let you a, can't you can't miss this. You have this to is get a part <laughs> of the song that My This
1: is my
3: moment. Right, right. It's right. <laughs> you take doing this away this, from me. You know? Yeah.
2: And it's like, oh I can't find my own way through this tune. It has to be this way.
3: <laughs> yeah, things like that. Also like playing with Hello Delaware, any show that we do together, we're set we're we're uh though i really like those songs too i can't think of an exact uh show but there's plenty
2: they all blur together it? they do
3: <laughs> all the good moments sort of just turned into one good moment of my
1: career hmm. but it sounds like a common thread of presence which yeah. sounds really great like that's a good takeaway here mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well uh
0: let's see if we can go catch one of those days yeah have yes. a little dessert you still have yeah. <laughs> <Look> it. <up. laughs> <laughs> Kristen will get your sword and uh, see if Tori can oh run one down. God. That's what it's here for, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. Tori, the we'll get some video yeah, footage. Kristen us. has a sword. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks yeah. so much for yeah. doing this. Thanks guys. for having us. Yeah. We'll, uh, man, we got a gig in two days. Yeah. Together. Nice. So, yeah. Let's do it. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs>